And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. A very nasally and very hoarse Casey Jiskler here at the controls. Want to offer my sincerest apologies for missing yesterday's show. It's a little bit embarrassing as a sports talk host to miss the show the day after the Super Bowl. One of the days where you have the most reaction and the most things to talk about. Couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed, sinus infection, fever, cough, sneezing, sore throat, runny nose, you name it, we had it. And I promise you during the course of today's show, we're going to sneeze, we're going to cough, um, we're not contagious anymore, we're not running fever for 48 hours, uh, but if you hear me turn off the mic for a second, I'm probably hacking or sneezing or whatever. So just bear with me, we'll get through this show over the next 90 or so minutes. Hope that everyone's had a wonderful start to their week. We'll do a Monday and a Tuesday show combined today. In the next segment, I'll have Coach Brian Colley with South Lafouche High School to chat about the weekend. Tarpons are playing Ellender today. Big, big game. Big, big opportunity for the Tarpons to try to get a win over a district rival, get themselves some power points, some good postseason positioning. Um, We'll chat about that. We'll also, uh, I'll give you my thoughts on the Super Bowl. We've got our weekend W's and L's. Everything that we would do on a Monday, we'll do today. But another thing that we're going to do today is give you a rundown of everyone who made the girls' basketball state playoffs because we have several teams that are competing in the field. In Division One non-select, the brackets are out, and we want to congratulate Thibodeau High School for earning the number 12 overall seed. Thibodeau's in the postseason. Congratulations to them. They're going to host number 21 Southside in the opening round. Kudos to Coach Ashley Adams and her team making that a reality. The number 13 seed in Division I non-select are the Destrahan Lady Wildcats. They're going to take on number 20 airline in the opening round. East St. John's actually the highest local seed. They got the number 11 seed. How about that? Our local team's got 11, 12, and 13 in that bracket. East St. John urges the number 11 seed. They're going to take on Salmon, uh, the 22 seed in the opening round. Those games that I just told you they're all going to be on Thursday. Hanville on Thursday, they're the number 18 seed. They're going to be traveling to take on Neville, so a cross-state trip for Hanville, taking on Neville in the opening round. And then we do have a Wednesday game. Ponchatoula will be the number 5 seed, and they're going to host number 28, Central Lafouche. Coach Tora Danos, the last team into the field, the Central Lafouche Lady Trojans punched that ticket. Congratulations to them for earning a postseason spot. But, ooh, it's going to be tough. Ponchatoula's really good. The Trojans are traveling on Wednesday tomorrow to take on Ponchatoula. Now we move to Division Two non-select. That was one of those times where we had to mute the mic. Division Two non-select, where we have the Ellender Patriots. They're in the postseason, and not only are they in the postseason, they're going to be facing a rival, a district rival, in the opening round. Ellender's the number fifteen overall seed. They're going to be taking on number eighteen Assumption in the opening round at Terrebonne High School. That game will be played on Wednesday. So we've got a Wednesday game between Ellender and Assumption on the girls' basketball side. Bayou Sports broadcasted the, the regular season game between those teams a couple weeks ago. It's actually a really good game. Ellender won 51-36, but they pulled away late. Assumption was running with them for most of the game. Don't be surprised if that game is pretty close on tomorrow. Don't be surprised if Assumption plays a little closer than what some people maybe expect them to. On the select side of Division Two. The Vanderbilt Catholic Terriers are the district champions, and they're entering the postseason 
as the number two overall seed. They've got a great chance to make the top 25. They've got a great chance to win the state championship, and they're going to be taking on the winner between Booker T. Washington and Cabrini after receiving an opening round bye. So kudos to Coach Jawaski Coleman and his team for having just a wonderful regular season. Now they move into the playoffs as one of the favorites carrying the number two seed in Division II Select. E.D. White, boy, I got to give some love to my guy Nick Snack, man. Um, the Cardinals started the year not very good. Like, they started off the year kind of struggling. E.D. White was 0-3, um, not playing well, and then kind of scuffling. Like, you look at their schedule, pretty much all of their stuff in 2022 wasn't all that good, right? Let me tell you their record in 2022. They were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. They were 6 and 9 in 2022. But boy, in 2023, they found something. They end the regular season ending with 6 out of 7 wins. They start to play much better basketball in district. They're coming in hot, and they've earned themselves an opening round home game. Edie White will be hosting Frederick Douglass on Thursday at 6 o'clock. That's a 16 versus 17 matchup. The winner of that game will take on Lafayette Christian. So congratulations to Edie White. Won a job well done in getting that opening round home game. Now we move to Division Three Select, where we could tell you that the home of Christian School Warriors are the number three overall seed. Number three overall seed for home of Christian School. They have eight, well not eight, what am I saying? Four players in their starting lineup who are ninth graders or younger. Four players in their starting lineup are ninth graders or younger. They even start a seventh grader. They're playing a junior high-aged lineup with an 11th grader mixed in there. And they're the three seed. Coach Kathy Luke has done so many good coaching jobs in her career. This one may be the best one that she's ever done. To take this team to this spot has just been remarkable work from Coach Luke. And, I, I you know, the instinct is always to say, well, great job by Coach Luke and her staff. She doesn't really have a staff. She kind of coaches by herself out there. So Coach Luke and her team doing an amazing job. They're the three seed. They're going to take on the winner between Pope John Paul II and Calvary Baptist. So it'll be a great opportunity for Homa Christian to make a little bit of a playoff push. If they could survive the second round, they're likely to take on Episcopal. We're looking at some of the schedules, trying to find some common opponents. Be tough. It'd be a challenge. You know, any quarterfinal game would be. But who knows, man, Homa Christian School's playing really well coming in. And uh, I'm not doubting them. I'm certainly not doubting them. They're capable of doing just about anything that they set their minds to. Division four select. We've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's earned an opening round by. They're the number five overall seed. They'll take on the winner between Luis McGee and Catholic of Point Coupe. Covenant Christian is also in the field. Uh, they're going to take on... St. John in a 16 versus 17 matchup over at HL Bourgeois. CCA is actually going to be at home in that one as the 16th seed. They'll take on St. John on Thursday at 7 o'clock over at Bourgeois. Covenant Christian, I think, has played St. John this season. Nope, they haven't. My bad. Gave you some bad info. They have not played St. John this season. Um, so it should be a good one. 16 versus 17. I see St. John has played home of Christian. Lost by 18. Uh, they played E.D. White, won by five. So, it'd be a good test. It'd be definitely an opportunity for CCA to try to punch that ticket into the next round. And those are local teams that have earned spots into the postseason. 
Can't wait to see how those brackets shake themselves out. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Brian Colley at South Lafouche High School for our usual Monday interview with the coach on a Tuesday. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bed bugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985 475 3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisler here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have South LaFouche Athletic Director Coach Brian Colley on the line. He's usually our Keller analyst for high school, uh, but if my voice didn't hold up, you may be doing play by play today, brother. Good morning, man. How are we doing? Good morning. Doing well. Bro, a big one today on campus. South LaFouche taking on Ellender. That's always a fun matchup. It's senior night. There are playoff implications. The teams have faced twice. I think it's very evenly matched. I'm sure it's going to be a good one tonight, man. What are some things you're expecting to see? Uh, first, I'm expecting a great game. Uh, if you look back at it, the first time they played, second game, third game of the year, I think it was their third game of the year, uh, the Tarpons went in and had chances to win the game and uh, played them a little bit later. And uh, B.J. Daniels fouls out, and when he was in the game, the Tarpons were hanging with him. So uh, I'm expecting a very good game. I think the crowd's going to uh, – have a big impact on, on, on the game tonight. And uh, I'm expecting the Tarpons to, to really play well and have a have a shot to win, if not win at all at the end. 
how do the Tarpons keep Daniels on the floor for the full 32 minutes, man? Um, that was a problem the last time they played. Ellender's going to drive hard. They're going to attack him. And I think one of the big keys to the game, Coach, is can you stop penetration to where they're not getting free runs at him all game? I think if the Tarpon guards play well defensively, they could potentially protect their big man tonight. Yeah, I think you're right. It starts at the top on our defense. If they can stop Ellender from penetrating and getting to the basket, then B.J. can not have to try and block every single shot. And uh, I'm sure Coach Brody had a talk with him and said, listen, you don't have to go and block every shot because – uh, you, first of all, you're not going to block everyone. You're going to foul, uh, you know, at least one or two times if you try and block a, a bunch of them, and uh, that'll put you on the bench. So uh, they're going to have to if they stop penetration and stop their transition game from Ellenda and force them into a half court game and stay out of foul trouble and just don't turn the ball over. And that's Ellenda's game. If you turn the ball over, they want to push it and score layups. And uh, you know, I always say when you play in Ellenda, uh, the three point shot and layups you got to take away one of them uh if you allow them to do both of those things it's tough to beat them we're getting closer and closer to tarpon baseball man south lafouche is going to be on the diamond next week playing in a tournament out in west louisiana they've been doing well in their scrimmages the buzz around campus seems to be pretty good i know they were scheduled to play over the weekend got washed out what are you hearing man it sounds like even though the faces on the on the you know the uniforms are going to be a little bit different, maybe some different guys at different positions. Sounds like this is going to still be a team that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, you know, yes, it will. If you go over uh, the summer, they play well in the summer, uh, plugging different people into these different spots. And look, these guys can play. We we uh, a lot of people you may not know the names because they were on the bench last year with a big senior class. But uh, the guys that Coach Gitro is going to put in his lineup, they can play baseball. Uh, they know the game. They've been playing it a long time. Fundamentally sound. So uh, I'm expecting a, a – I don't think that, you know, after the seasons the Tarpons had the last few years, I don't know if you catch anyone by surprise now because your program is up there. But I'm expecting the Tarpons to win some games. And it may look a little different. It may not be uh, as strong hitting the, you know, the home runs. But uh, I think fundamentally they're going to be just as good as last year. So I know that this is a busy time of the year, man, because we still got basketball going on and, you know, the spring sports are starting up. Baseball's about to start up. Softball's about to start up. Tennis and golf and track and all that good stuff. AD-wise, you know, is this one of the busier times of the year for you, bro? Oh, yes, for sure. Like you just mentioned, you got all these sports that are ending. The other ones are beginning, which is spring sports. And uh, it's a lot of people on the track team that you got to clear. Uh, softball, baseball, you know, normally they have a good bit of kids out there. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. you got to mix tennis and golf in there also. It's uh, a lot of work right now, and you're trying to, to balance your time right now where when you get an hour or two available, you need to take advantage of it and get a, a lot of this work done because if not, you'll fall behind. And once you fall behind, that's where you, uh, you don't want to fall behind because that's when you can make mistakes trying to catch up some work. Do you feel like a horse racer, man, down the final stretch, the last time you're going to have this really busy stretch ever as an AD? Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, mixed emotions, man. It's, it's getting closer and closer, and uh, you're kind of looking forward to it. But, you know, it's uh, it's tough leaving a job that you love, that you've been doing for so long. So it's uh, mixed emotions, definitely. Uh, meet with Coach Gallagher every morning, just going over different things and, 
giving him an opportunity to just pick my brain a little bit where he can uh, learn some things. And, and like I told him, you know, I'm an old dog, and I've been doing it an old way for a while. I'm sure he's going to come in with some new things that he can he can put in. But he needs to uh, – and that's why we meet every morning so that he can just have a feel for exactly what has to get done. Let's talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints for a second, and then we'll talk about the Super Bowl. You know, Carr has made the decision that he's not going to allow himself to be traded anywhere. And he has the right to do that because he has a no-trade clause, so he could just deny or veto any trade that the Raiders would make for him. That still leaves the opportunity for him to be released in the New Orleans to maybe sign him in free agency. But last night on social media, there's a report in Sports Illustrated that the New Orleans Saints are going to be active in trying to sign Baker Mayfield to which I'm reading that and saying, what in the hell are they doing? Baker Mayfield? Like, man, just keep Andy Dalton at this point. I know that's not what anyone wants to hear, but if you're chasing down Baker Mayfield, like, what are we doing? Yeah, uh, trust Mickey Lomas. That keep going. I don't, but uh, with the Derek Carr situation, uh, with him being a free agent, now you're going to have to outbid other teams for him instead of a trade. Now you got other teams that may come in and bid on them and uh, may cost you a little bit more than what you want to spend. But, uh, no, I, I didn't hear about Baker Mayfield. That, that's a joke. And that, that's uh, that, that's not the quarterback. You know, your, your goal is to lead you to and win a Super Bowl, and that is not a quarterback. I don't think Derek Carr is either that can lead you to a Super Bowl. But, um that's, that's not good. If you're a Saints fan, to hear that, that's got to scare you. Yeah, that's scary. Well, it's scary in a couple of ways. It's scary in that I think you'd be tanking on next year, but when you look at all the quarterbacks in the draft next year, I'm a tanker by trade. Then it kind of looks pretty good. Uh, so, you know, maybe Baker may be the guy that the Saints need for the future. <laughs> well, they're going to they're gonna mess up the number one pick if they get it anyway, so... Well, fair enough. Speaking of number one picks that may have been messed up, Zion Williamson is hurt again. He's not playing. Um, he is out with a hamstring. It's now re-aggravated. He was supposed to be back already. He's now going to be extended another month. Damian and I have already called this. He's not coming back this year, and it's just unfortunate. Like, dude can't stay healthy. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it's easy to... Oh, he re-aggravated. Well, how did he do it? That's what I would like to know. How? I mean, did he uh, part of his rehab, or because more and more you see a lot of these Saints players, or I'm seeing Saints Pelicans and the Saints players for that matter, where they get injured and they re-injure themselves trying to come back, or what are they doing? And I don't. I just the the, the medical personnel in a Saints organization. I don't know if they're sharing people or not, but it's uh almost a common goal with those two teams where they get their guys injured and uh, they just don't come back. Yeah, it's a mess. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. You said last week you thought it'd be a great game. It was. Came down to the very end. Kansas City gets the win on the last second field goal. Um, what were your thoughts as you were watching it, man? I thought it could have gone either way. People are complaining about a holding call, which I thought was a holding call. What were your thoughts as you were watching the big game play out? Well, first of all, great game. I mean, uh, and you know, everybody kind of mentioned that before. He has the potential to be a great game, and it was. And 
uh, just uh, eager. You can't turn the ball over in the Super Bowl, and that's what happened, and it was a, a costly one for them. They gave up seven points on that. But, uh, yeah, a great game, and as far as that holding call, uh, look, it, and people, you can't call it at that time of the game. Yes, you can. Yeah, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. It doesn't matter what time of the, uh, of the game it is. And if the referee saw it as a penalty, I mean, you call it. And the guy even admitted that he held him. So, um, and just don't give me that where you can't call it at that time of the game. That's baloney. Uh, penalty is a penalty uh, any time of the game. But still a great game, great Super Bowl. And um, I, I think that overall the better team won. And, um, Sean Payton was mentioning something pregame, and he said, you know, a lot of people are talking about the offense and defenses, but uh, don't forget about those special teams. And he gave the nod to to the Chiefs, and they proved him right. What did you make of, um, you know, the heads-up play by McKinnon at the end? After the penalty, the Chiefs come out on first down, and they do like a little outside run to McKinnon, and the Eagles are, are openly letting him score. Um but he had the presence of mind to just slide to the one-yard line, take that knee. For a young player, like, that was huge. If he scores a touchdown there, the Eagles have, like, 90 seconds where they could potentially go back at you. Instead, they had, like, eight seconds after the field goal, something that we'll never talk about and something that we see guys actually mess up and make mistakes with all the time. But, boy, that was a very heads-up play by that young man there, helping his team drain that clock all the way out. Yeah, look, I got I give credit Andy Reid and his staff on that because uh, I'm sure it had to be mentioned uh, sometime before reminding those guys. Look, if this happens, go down and, and fall. It's a heads up play by him, but uh, I would think that uh, the coaching staff maybe had kind of reminded those guys to do it because you're giving up scoring a touchdown in a Super Bowl. I mean, for the, the bigger cause, that's that's pretty good. And uh, it was just a great heads-up play by him. There are already talks and whispers that Mahomes could potentially catch Tom Brady someday. Brady's got seven. Mahomes now has two. What Mahomes has on his side is father time. He's still in his mid-20s. But, boy, seven Super Bowls is a whole lot. Um, is there any chance that we see Mahomes you know, catch up the great goat, or do you think that that's a wall that's just way too high to climb? Uh, if he if he moves teams, maybe later in his career, because – uh, he's young, but I think a lot of pieces around him are a little bit older, and that might be tough to replace. And uh, Andy Reid won't be there forever right. with him, so um, I think that's going to be a struggle because everyone knows how hard it is to, to win it and and just to get back and do it again. So he has to go five more times. That's um, I, I don't I don't think he'll catch him. Yeah, I don't think so either, man. Um, last question before we let you go. It's big day. It's a game day on campus. What are some keys to victory? What do the Tarpons have to do to beat Ellender? Uh, first thing, uh, do not get in foul trouble. Uh, Daniels will have to find a way to stay in the game. Uh, do not turn the ball over on offense. And don't let Ellender get going. Slow. Uh, you can't allow them to get in their running game and where they can score in transition. And once they start scoring in transition, they just play at a different level and they start making – those long three balls, uh, which is deadly for you. But uh, just play your game and stop penetration and play better defense than what you've been playing and keep those guys off the boards. Sounds like a winner, man. Thanks so much for the time. See you tonight, bro.
Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too, man. That is Coach Brian Colley doing an excellent job here on play-by-play, giving us his thoughts. I think he touched it on the Super Bowl, like on the nose. I thought you know he broke that one down very well. Uh, it was a great game, and I do think it was a foul at the end. And you know, had had it been a loosely called game up until that point, that's what kind of makes you you know roll your eyes a little bit. As man, y'all been letting these guys do whatever they want all game, then you call that one. But you know, it's hard to deny when after the game, the guy who committed the foul said, "I committed the foul." <laughs> so you know, it's hard to deny it at that point. Um, but anyway, it was a great game and, 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 you know, I hope that everybody certainly enjoyed it and oh yeah, right here on play by play, we picked the chiefs. We told you guys to take the chiefs. Hopefully everybody listened. Hopefully everybody made a little bit of money out in Vegas betting on the underdogs. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we will talk about the game that was the Super Bowl. We had Kansas city. We had Philadelphia. We had the two best teams in the NFL And boy, it was a show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Navigating through until 1 o'clock, pushing through this hoarse, raspy voice. We're making it happen on KLEB. Does your vehicle need servicing and you don't want to drive too far? Calvin Braxton Ford Service Department in Lockport is offering these specials until further notice. Get a diesel oil change for $159.95 or a gas-only oil change for $49.95. Up to five quarts. Calvin Braxton Ford, 5978 LE1 in Lockport. Big town inventory, small town prices. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had a 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated, locations in Homa, LaRoe, and Thibodeau. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Terrebonne General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch. This is evident in our high-tech, high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com.
inside You are innocence personified And I will drag you down and sell you out Run away I am cold like December snow Well, we had a great, great Super Bowl on Sunday, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, You know, we really did a good job, I thought, last week of telling you how this one was going to go. Um, We said last week on the show that the keys to the game were, can Kansas City stop the run of Philadelphia? And put them in obvious past situations. And then on the flip side to that, could they protect Patrick Mahomes? And we said here on the show that if they did zero out of the two things, which was not stop the run and not protect Mahomes, that they get beat up. If they did two out of the two things, which was stop the run and protect Mahomes, they would win decisively. But we also said here that if they did one out of the two, then we'd be looking at a great Super Bowl. Well, they did one out of two. They didn't stop the run very well throughout the course of the game. The Eagles were able to get moving. The Eagles were able to push the line. But they were able to protect Mahomes, keep Mahomes upright, and do an outstanding job in allowing him to have time to throw in in the second half. He was incredible. And at the end of the day, the big key to the game was the turnover by Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was incredible on Sunday. Absolutely incredible. 27 of 38, 304 through the air. He ran 15 times for 70 yards like he was out of this world good. But the one play that is going to haunt him throughout the entire offseason, the one play that's going to give him cold sweats throughout the entire offseason, was the play in the middle of the second quarter where he's rolling out and just clean drops the ball, gives the Chiefs an easy touchdown. The Eagles were controlling the first half and were in a great position in the first half. And without that play, they could have went into halftime up three scores potentially. But that play happened and it gave Kansas City just a little bit of life, life that they took advantage of in the second half. They started to slow down the Eagle offense a little bit more started to get off the field on third down, started to make them settle for field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, and that was the difference in the game. Another difference in the game was in the second half. Andy Reid made some adjustments and just started taking advantage of the Eagles' secondary. That's the one thing about the Eagles, man. Their season was so weird. So weird. I don't understand how in the NFL, how you could play a 17-game regular season, play two playoff games. That team had played 19 games, bro. 19 games they had played. And they hadn't faced a single good offense the entire year. The entire year, the Eagles hadn't faced an elite offense the entire year. Playing 19 games. You don't believe me? Look at the schedule. They opened with the Lions, who, yeah, that's probably one of the best offenses that they faced. They gave up 35. 
Then they faced Kirk Cousins. Womp womp. They faced Carson Wentz. They faced the Jaguars. Then the Cardinals. Then Dallas with Cooper Rush. Then the Steelers. Then the Texans. Then Taylor Heineke. Then Matt Ryan. Then Aaron Rodgers, who, yeah, he's pretty good, scored 33 on you. Then Ryan Tannehill. Then the Giants. Then the Bears. Then the Cowboys again. They scored 40 on you. One of the good offenses that you face. Then you face Andy Dalton. Then you face the Giants' backups. Then you get to the playoffs. You face the Giants again. Then you face the 49ers' eight-string quarterback. The Eagles hadn't played a good offense, an elite, highest-level offense the entire season. The entire season. And then when they had that opportunity to try to slow down Mahomes in the Super Bowl, they couldn't do it. In the second half, Mahomes and the Chiefs did whatever they wanted to do. Scored every single time they got the ball. They were running. They were throwing. They were making things happen short. They were staying ahead of the chains. And they controlled the entire pace of play. And I think one of the things that was most noteworthy is that Andy Reid gets a lot of flack because in some previous big games and in some previous Super Bowl situations, Andy Reid had been known for mismanaging the clock a little bit, right? Known for maybe not handling late-game situations properly, right? He nailed the clock on Super Bowl Sunday. I told my friends with about 10 minutes left in the game, well, hell, with, with 12 minutes left in the game, when Tony scored the touchdown to put the Chiefs up 28-27, I told my buddies, I said, the Chiefs are going to win this game. The timing of it all sets up beautifully. I said, one of two things are going to happen. The Eagles are either going to not score and give it back to the Chiefs, which is great, or they're going to score, but they're going to take a long time to do it, and then they'll give the Chiefs four or five minutes left, and then they'll go down and score and win at the end. Well, here's what happened. The, the Eagles didn't score. The Chiefs came right back and did after the long punt return. They're up 35-27. The Eagles do bounce right back and score, but there were five minutes left. And I was 1,000% convinced after that Eagles score that the Chiefs were going down the field and getting something before the game ended. Now, here's another thing that I want to talk about here about the Super Bowl. Um... I really wish that we would normalize in today's day and age of analytics and in today's day and age of everybody going forward on every single fourth down and everybody, you know, doing all these crazy things and looking at the numbers and all this crazy stuff. I really wish we would normalize when you're up by seven after a touchdown, go for two and make it a nine point game. Go for two and end the game. I thought Kansas City missed an opportunity in the Super Bowl. They score a Sky Moore touchdown, which was one of the coolest design plays that you'll ever see. They fake him in motion and cut him back out to the right. He's wide open. One of the coolest touchdown plays that you'll see. My bad, I'm thinking of the Tony play. But Sky Moore was equally open in his own right. The Chiefs went up 34-27 to right there. There was 9.22 to go. If you go for two and convert, You're up by nine, which is a two-score lead with nine minutes to go. The game is over at that point for all intents and purposes, right? They instead kick an extra point and leave that sliver of hope open for the Eagles, who then go down the field and convert the two, and they tie up. I wish teams would do this more often. South Lafouche, (laughs) looking back and, and relating this all to high school, they did this 
against St. Edmund earlier in the season. They scored a go up seven, went for two, went up nine, and it changed the whole game. St. Edmund was then starting to press and chasing points, and there's just a different feeling late in the game when you're down two scores versus when you're down one score. And I think that Andy Reid especially, who has all these gizmos and gadgets and all these crazy plays that he could run, um, I think that he should have went for it. I think that he should have gone and tried to push the issue and tried to make it a two-score game right there in that situation. They didn't, but it still worked out. Kudos to Andy. He wins his second championship. Kudos to the Chiefs. They win another one. And now, um, you know, we were talking last week, hey, if the Chiefs win, will Andy Reid be back? He has said with a resounding yes, he's going to be back. So this is a team that I think is going to be one of the favorites next season. Anytime you got Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be in position, bro. That guy was incredible. Playing through an ankle injury, he was incredible. Playing against a tough pass rush, he was incredible. Making plays with his arm, making plays with his legs. He did everything his team needed him to do. The Chiefs get the win in the big game. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, it's Terrible in General Tuesday. I just got confirmation that Stan Gravois will be on the line. So Stan, if you're listening, we're coming to you. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions. 
our medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRoe. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Welcome back here to Play by Play on KLEB. Casey Gistler here. We go to the phone lines. I told you we were merging our Monday and our Tuesday shows with me being off yesterday. So let's do it. It's a Tuesday show. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Grava, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good, Casey. Good. I hope you're doing well. I can hear that little raspiness in your voice, so I hope it's getting better. Yeah, we're doing much better, man. I, you know, someone was joking with me at the store, said, man, it's Mardi Gras season and you start smoking? No, we're not smoking. <laughs> <laughs> we're just struggling through some sinus issues. Um, but, man, you, you sent me some news today on the phone that, Whew, it, it, it made me look twice. Our old buddy, Coach Hamner, 
over at Terrebonne High School makes the decision that he is now going to take the same head volleyball coaching position that he had at Terrebonne off to Covenant Christian Academy. And my thoughts were twofold. First, wow, this is shocking. And then second, like CCA is is doing some stuff right. This is now the second week in a row where they get a very good coach into their athletic department. Yeah, it's like what's going on over there, man, that's sort of pillaging the uh, public school system in Terrebonne Parish. But in talking to Randy Bokeh this morning, that actually is not the case. Of course, Randy is the athletic director there at CCA. Craig's situation is that Craig has the years in the public school system to retire, right? I mean, he's done all he can in the the public school system, so he's basically going to take a retirement from there, and he's going to go over to CCA, and he's going to take a role there where you make on top of your retirement. So it's it's sort of a smart move, obviously, for, for Coach Hamner, and it works for CCA, Ashley Kesterston, who was the volleyball co-chair, is very good friends with Craig Hamler. And this was done with her being involved. She has two children that are now going to be at the junior high level where she wants to see them participate in their sports more. So this works out for everybody. Now, the Jesse Turner situation with Jamal Nixon going with him for football, that's a little bit different. That was a deal where... I think there was a lot of give and take, and over the last six months, I know you had said it, where we sort of knew some things were happening behind the scenes, but we didn't know exactly what. That was a deal where he was courted by CCA. He had some decisions to make. He had a son going there, but I don't think that was the ultimate decision when it was all said and done. Actually, I think Jamal Nixon was the ultimate decision when it was all said and done. But nonetheless, yeah, they got some coaches. The one thing I find about some of our single-A and double-A schools, a lot of times they get sort of inexperienced coaches who may not know that that high school way of doing things, and I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, that's what they went out and done. They, they, they've gotten a guy in Jesse who understands what it's like on the 4A level. They got Craig Hamner who understands what it's like on the 5A level with volleyball. So I think it only enhances their program. And, uh, yeah, look for big things because both of those squads, both the volleyball and the football squad at CCA, my understanding, they're relatively young. So it ought to work out well for them. Girls basketball playoff brackets come out yesterday. There are several local teams in the field. And unlike, um, you know, some of the other sports where we kind of pile up a bunch of teams in the – low 20s, and then we scatter them all out across North Louisiana for long bus rides. Not really like that in basketball. We've got several teams with buys. We've got several teams that are at home. And we've got several teams that I think are going to be favored to win that opening round game. So our girls' basketball season, I think, is going to last for another couple weeks. Yeah, I agree, too. I actually went down the brackets to look at who was the next opponent or who is even two games down the road in round three, and I do think we have some teams that are going to move on. Obviously, you know, it's not considered a win, but Homer Christian and Vanderbilt Catholic are in pretty good shape because they'll be moving right on down the line, and I think that they both can make a deep run. Maybe Vanderbilt a little bit deeper, and then they're going to hit, you know, a Lafayette Christian team that just looks like by all accounts is is like maybe as good as anybody in the state related to girls' basketball. 
I think that, you know, Homer Christian's that way, too. They have a game and a, a couple of games down the road where they're going to have to take on Episcopal out of Baton Rouge. And the one thing about Episcopal out of Baton Rouge, don't let the schedule fool you. It is uh, tough. And don't let the record fool you because they played some really good teams. So, I, yeah, I would expect that at least the third round for both of those teams wouldn't be surprising to me if we see them make a run for the state championship. And then everybody else has, has an opportunity, you know. Thibodeau's going to be at home. That's absolutely great for them. I think it's CCA is going to be at home. That's great for that squad. Uh, E.D. White's going to be at home. Yep. I do think that the top of that bracket, though, the top of the Division Two non-select, probably the first four or five teams in there, is a lot better than everybody else in that bracket. So, you know, uh, I would imagine that Coach Sanak and his team have to go out and play really well in this one and hope to maybe play the best game of their season in the second round. But you know what? Once you get in the playoffs, you got a chance, and you never know how different teams are going to react. So let's hope that everybody in the area plays well. You know, it's crazy. Um, you look at Homer Christian. They're the number three seed in Division Three select. They have a starting lineup of a junior, a ninth grader, two eighth graders, and a seventh grader. So they're basically an old-school junior high-age team with an 11th grader playing with them, and they're the three seed. And then, well, you say, okay, well, you know, maybe Kathy just has a huge coaching staff and a lot of support. She's on the bench by herself, doesn't even have an assistant coach. Kathy Luke's been doing this a long time. A lot of people have different opinions, but she's kind of outspoken about some things. But there is no question the woman could coach, and I'll tell her this next time I see her. This is the best job, in my opinion, that she has done in her career. Taking this team to this point, that is unbelievable work, Stan. Yeah, and there was some adversity in all of that, too. She actually had a young lady on that team who was a ninth grader who uh, is no longer on the squad. That some, some things happened that may have been the best player on that team. Can you imagine that, Kate? Yep. You know, so you, you have that. You know, I'm going to go back and forth with this. Uh, one thing, when you talk about her doing the best job ever, I would have to seriously go back and look because Kathy's done a great job many, many a year. The other thing is, is when you go in a gym and you see her working with the girls, it's pretty spectacular. She's really good the way she teaches the X's and O's of the game. You mentioned that she's by herself on staff. I'm just going to go on a limb right here and say, uh, it may not be what a lot of people want to hear. I, I think we've gotten kind of crazy with thinking that staffs have to have tons of people on it. I mean, you know, we have football staffs now that I think a lot of the football coaches just think if I have 13 coaches on my staff, <laughs> that makes me credible. And it does not. It does not in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And I think that maybe we're in a situation now where she realizes I can do what I can do and I think I have the best setup for my situation. Why get a bunch of coaches in here that are going to confuse the kids? So I think that, and we're also going to find out Kathy knows how to set up a schedule for the type of girl she has. We're going to see how that plays out in the playoffs because she got stronger and stronger with teams as the year went on. She started moving up to the 4- and 5-A level as the year went on. I am hoping that that's a situation where, 
you know, it pays dividends for her in the playoffs. So the level of competition she's going to play is something that she can deal with. Yeah, no doubt, man. Look, well, uh, go go ahead. I'm sorry. Hold on, Casey. Uh, I need a guy actually needs to get a charge off of my battery right now. Okay. Hold on. Okay, we got to swap out. I'm on. I'm on a radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Live radio. Live man. radio, brother. No, that, I understand totally, bro. I've been turning off the mics to cough and sneeze, so it's just been one of those shows. Um, no, I'm actually over at Homer Christian. I'm coming to visit our good friend Butch uh, Terrio here, and uh, unfortunately, a young lady in the parking lot can't get her car started. So we're gonna. We're going to try and get a go. They're going to use my battery, but I'm good to go. I'm good to go. So so let's talk about another team that probably needs their battery recharged, and that's the New Orleans Saints, man. Look, Derek Carr says, hey, I'm not accepting a trade, and that's not anything against New Orleans. He just says, hey, I'm not accepting a trade anywhere because he thinks he's going to get released and get a huge deal somewhere else. And then you read the report on Sports Illustrated last night, which said, hey, New Orleans remains a player in the Derek Carr sweepstakes, at a contract that's going to be likely worth three years, $120 million. And then, oh, yeah, you see in the fine you know, print at the bottom, oh, and if it doesn't work out with Carr, the Saints will be in play for Baker Mayfield, who the staff was high on coming out of the draft. And in which case I'm saying, like, what are we doing? Like, Baker Mayfield, he's, he, you would be better off playing Winston Hill and Dalton over bringing in Baker Mayfield. Your thoughts as you were seeing that that was even an option? Well, what's so funny to me is, is if you're saying this about Derek Carr and then you're saying this about Baker Mayfield, who are two totally different kinds of quarterbacks, it makes me feel like you're just throwing something against the wall and hoping that it sticks, yep. right? And I, I don't get that. If there's not a plan in place, and I've heard a lot of the, you know, uh, sports heads coming out of New Orleans, not national, but out of New Orleans, say, man, this team needs to make a plan. They just have to have a plan. That sure sounds like there is no plan in place whatsoever. That would be really, like, if this plays out to where, you know, Derek Carr falls through and automatically we're starting to hear about Baker Mayfield, you know, you guys who spend all of this money on season tickets every year, you, you you might want to reconsider. There's a lot of things you can invest that money in a whole lot better than go and watch a team that's going to finish with five wins next year. Yeah, that's rough, man. Look, I'll ask you about the Super Bowl in just a second. But athletic trainer-wise, I've said this often, and some people kind of rolled their eyes when I was saying it. They said, oh, you know, you're just always hard on the Pelicans. You know, you're never going to have anything good to say about the Pelicans. When Zion Williamson first got hurt with the hamstring, I told people on this show, I said, look, I don't care what they're saying. They were saying three to four weeks at the time. This is going to take a long time. Hamstrings get re-aggravated very easily, especially when you're a big guy and you're so you know heavily predicated on cutting and side-to-side quick movements. Sure enough, this is now the second setback that he's had. The reports are that he's going to be out for about a month after the All-Star break. I have my druthers. I don't even know that he's going to be back this season based on the way that this is trending. Hamstrings just don't go away, bro. You guys see this every day, I'm sure. That's an injury that lingers and lingers and lingers, and that's not a good one to have, especially when you're a big fella. 
No, that's obviously a topic of water cooler discussion around, the, you know, where I work. And all of the athletic trainers feel the same way. And his body type is not conducive to this going away. He just, he, he carries a load. And it's always going to be tough on him, especially the kind of, you know, rigor his body has to go through and the number of games they play. I would venture to say that people who uh, want to find out more in definition of what Zion is, you could start going to look up uh, a name, Sam Bowie. And the reason I say that is because, and listen, he's not at that point yet, but Sam Bowie, it was a different injury, and Sam Bowie had some growing pains, but his body didn't allow him to stay healthy either. And he was a guy who was, you know, a big draft pick out of Kentucky, I think in the 80s. Got picked before Michael Jordan? Yes, uh, definitely before Michael Jordan. You're (laughs) exactly right. And uh, that is a situation where when I heard this yesterday or was it Sunday, you know, exactly what was going on with him, I'm starting to think, okay, he's starting to get in that Sam Bowie area where it's just like, man, I don't know if this gets better you know, from year to year. Now, with the Pelicans' luck, they decide that they can't do anything with him, hypothetically, and trade him off, and then he becomes like a superstar <laughs> with somebody else. So I don't know what you do with it, but I would, you know, listen. Uh, they, I, a good win last night, uh, but uh, that's not going to happen uh, consistent, consistently, especially in the West where everybody, just about everybody, still got a chance to win it, and everybody's got a chance to finish outside the top eight. I don't see it trending real well for the Pelicans. We had an amazing Super Bowl on Sunday, and some folks are saying, you know, it was tainted because of a call at the end or whatever. I'm not going to go that route. I thought it was a great game, and I thought that the Chiefs pulled it away late. Mahomes and the Chiefs scored every drive in the second half, and the Eagles had one costly turnover in the second quarter when they were in control that allowed the Chiefs to get back in it. What were your thoughts, man, as you were watching it? It was an awesome game. Very well played. Both teams competed very hard. And Mahomes and the Chiefs just do a little bit extra at the end and find themselves in the winner's circle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as, as pretty much what you just relayed or my sentiments. I think they, they, being the Chiefs, did what they had to do. I thought, you know, when they got the ball in the third quarter and they went down the field and scored, I said, uh-oh, that was a little easy. The next possession they have is going to tell everything. And then on the next possession, when it was sort of easy again, I was like, "This, I think this is over. I think the Chiefs are going to win it. And it was just, you know, my wife and I watching it. And I actually turned to her and I said, I think the Chiefs win it now because of this situation where I, I don't know, you know, I know that supposedly halftime adjustments are overrated in the NFL. I don't know what the deal was, but something happened and they figured something out, and I didn't think that they were going to be stopped after that. So, and it's pretty much actually how it played out. Again, it was so nice for the two best teams, whether you liked either one of them. And quite honestly, I was a little pulling for the Eagles just because. I don't even know why. But that being said, I thought the two best teams were playing in this thing, and it was nice to have that. I thought even, you know, on the last drive, there was still a chance if they could limit it to a field goal with time left on the clock, maybe the Eagles can make something happen. But you're right. You know, and this is one thing, and I don't know why we lose sight of it, but in the NFL more than 
any other league of football on the collegiate or high school level. Turnovers are everything. And when you have a turnover that a guy picks up and runs in for a score, I, I, that's it's not like seven points you just gave up. It's more like 21 points you just gave up. Because it stopped the Eagles from going in and score. It turned the momentum around. So it stops the Eagles, that's worth seven. It turns the momentum, that's worth seven. And then they scored a touchdown on it. That's another seven. So I thought that was, you know, obviously the big play of the game. And to think it did not come from contact. Every time I watch that replay over, it's just him sort of trying to shift the ball in his hands. And it just didn't turn out good for the Eagles. But, it, yeah, it was a great game. Great game. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to commentate on the halftime, but <laughs> I, I didn't watch it all that much. So I don't know. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this, man. You know, in today's day and age of society where – it's all about me, and it's all about individualism. And in the NBA, we just saw a guy break the scoring record, and as soon as he broke the scoring record, he left the game with a phony injury and hasn't played since then because he needs to rest after breaking the scoring record. We had Jarek McKinnon in the Super Bowl have a chance to score maybe the game-winning touchdown, a play that they would have been talking about forever. Instead, he has the presence of mind to take a knee at the one-yard line and not allow the Eagles to get the ball back at all. That's a young man that's playing on like a $2 million a year contract. That's a young man who could have maybe changed his life if he gets that moment for better or for worse. Because if he does score and the Eagles come back and score and win the game, he would have then been a laughing stock. But that was a huge play. Not very many people talk about it, but that allowed the Chiefs to drain that clock dry. What a heads-up play. Yeah, but you know, essentially, that's why you and I, who... You know, I mean, we may not be experts on everything related to sports, but we enjoy sports and we're the fans. We're the people. We're, you know, we are the people. That's why we think of that guy you said who broke the scoring record the way we do. Right. And that's why we <laughs> think of this guy the way we do. Because it's, there are those guys that are out there and it's sort of a show. It's, it's, it's about me and it is. And that's why when a guy does do, what the young man from Kansas City does, you understand that it's a, it's a team sport. It, listen, it does my heart good because when you're trying to teach high school kids, you as a high school coach could say it a thousand times. You as a high school kid's mom and dad can say it a thousand times. But what they see on Sundays and even on Saturdays sometimes precedes everything you tell them. I like that somebody kind of set the example that this is a team game, and if I do this, we're going to win a Super Bowl, right? And as opposed to let me build up my stats so that one day somebody could build a statue of me or whatever. That's just the way it probably should have been done, and that's the way the guy did it. And I appreciate it a whole lot. And as far as the other guy, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Amen. Very well said, my friend. We thank you so much for the time. Hopefully the young lady with the uh, dead battery is now back up and rolling. Have a great rest of the day, partner. Thanks. Thanks, Casey. Everybody have a good week. Yep. That is Stan Grava doing an excellent job, as always, on our Terrible General Tuesday. Let's catch a break. <clears throat> when we get back, we've got our W's and L's. It's play-by-play. -play. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE. 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun. 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all-new Rage and Cajun. 102.7 FM. Celebrating 75 years in business. 
Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRoe, and Thibodeau. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belts and related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. Wrestling has more than one royal family. WWE is so good right now. Monday Night Raw last night was incredible. If you're a wrestling fan and you lost it for, you know, five, six years, but say the product hadn't been very good, I'm urging you, give it a shot Monday or Friday. This music you're hearing right now belongs to Cody Rhodes. He is red hot right now. He did a storyline with Sami Zayn last night or an in-ring promo with Sami Zayn last night. It just gives you the chills, bro. They've got so many different characters going in so many different directions. The product is better now than it has been since the Attitude Era. Better now 
than it has been since the Attitude Era. And that is saying everything that we could possibly say. But anyway, it's play-by-play. It's our W's and L's. Our W goes, our first W goes to Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. What more is there to say about Patrick Mahomes? Dude was playing hurt. Dude was playing from behind. Dude was playing with limited weaponry on offense. And dude just decided, hey, in the second half, I'm going to just score every time we get the ball. And if they beat us, they beat us. I'll tip my cap. But we're going to score every single time we get the ball. The stat line isn't all that impressive, right? He had 182 yards. Like, that's not incredible. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, 21 of 27. But it was just the timing of when he made the plays and the things that he was able to do that allowed this one to flip in his direction. Some of the runs that he made, he had a 26-yard scramble. That was incredible. Mahomes is in position. <clears throat> I don't think he could catch Brady. I don't think anybody could catch Brady. But Mahomes is 27. He's won two Super Bowl championships, and he's in position to have an amazing career. And Peyton Manning said um, earlier in the week uh, that Mahomes, in his opinion, has already had a Super Bowl or already had a Hall of Fame career. It's hard to deny that when you've won two. Like, yeah, unless if he just falls off of a cliff. In the rest of his career, yeah, he's already had a Hall of Fame career. And it's unbelievable to think that, um, but that's where we are. A weekend L goes to all the Karens of the world because, man, it was made so apparent this weekend that no one could have fun about anything. About anything. People on social media are giggling and are cutting up about Rihanna's belly. And I thought some of the jokes were funny. She is pregnant, by the way. We're not just fat shaming someone. We're applauding her for performing while pregnant. Oh, you should never comment on a woman's body. Oh, you know, you're so insensitive. Oh, you're so... Why can't we go back to the day and age when Married with Children played on Fox and Al Bundy was routinely making jokes about everyone? It's parody. We're making fun of society. We're making fun of ourselves. Back in the day, we used to watch the Jeffersons. We used to watch All in the Family. We used to watch Sanford and Son. Those shows made fun of stereotypes all of the time. We can't do that anymore because we have to, as a society, now spend every single day of life with a stick up our butt being offended by everything. First, it was the Rihanna stuff. Then it was Terry Bradshaw poked fun at Andy Reid and told him to waddle over to the microphone. Oh, you shouldn't be fat-shaming Andy Reid. Oh, that's so terrible. Andy Reid makes fun of himself constantly. Get over yourself. Andy Reid said after the game he wanted to go eat a cheeseburger. He knows he's a plus-size guy. He's comfortable in his own skin. No one was shaming Andy Reid. Give me a break, man. If someone comes on the show right now and calls in and says... Oh, Casey, you've got a raspy voice. You sound terrible. I'm not going to be offended by that. I'm going to make a joke about myself because we in life have to have self-awareness. We could make fun of somebody having a baby bump while also appreciating how incredible it was that she was able to perform on that stage at that time. Incredible. We, 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 as society, have lost our way. We get so offended by everything. 
Everyone has to be being wronged at all times. It's absurd, man. There's no reason to live life that way. Smile. Have fun. Oh, goodness. Give me a break. Weekend W goes to Jalen Hurts, bro. I know he didn't win, but Jalen Hurts proved me wrong. I didn't think that Jalen Hurts could make half of the throws from the pocket that he did on Sunday. And I get it. He made the one critical mistake. He fumbled the ball in the open field and it allowed Kansas City to get a scoop and score. But if you would have told me before the game that Hurts would be 27 of 38, 304 passing, a touchdown, no interceptions, and he would have ran for 70 yards with three touchdowns, I probably wouldn't have believed it. When Jalen Hurts got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles where he got drafted in the second round, I rolled my eyes and I said, boy, that's a mistake. That's great for the Cowboys. If the Eagles are investing that draft pick in that spot, that's great for the Cowboys. Hell no, it ain't great for the Cowboys. I was dead wrong. Jalen Hurts has made good on that pick. He played tremendously on Sunday. Didn't deserve to lose, but only one guy's got the chance to win. He was unbelievable. Another weekend L goes to the Super Bowl commercials, and it goes hand-in-hand with what we said a second ago about the Karens who get an L. We can't make funny Super Bowl commercials anymore because, heaven forbid, we give somebody something to laugh about because we might be alienating somebody else in the process of doing it. We can't do an M&M commercial where we make fun of the blue M&M because somebody who loves the color blue might sue and say that they're being alienated or they're being ostracized because, oh, you, how are you going to make fun of blue but you're not going to make fun of yellow? How are you going to make fun of yellow but not red? So the Super Bowl commercials sucked because no one could laugh anymore. No one could laugh anymore at anything. So the Super Bowl commercials were terrible because no one's allowed to have a sense of humor anymore. A weekend W goes to Caleb Huffman of Nichols State University. Um, Huffman just clean took over the game on Saturday against Southeastern, a game that I was at, a game that I called before, I started having these (laughs) sinus issues when I actually could still talk. Um, Scored 20-plus points in the second half, made four, five, three-pointers in the second half. Nichols was down by double digits on the road against Southeastern, and Huffman just said, all right, bro, no big deal. Let's go. Let's ride. Took over the game. Nichols got a huge, huge win in Southland Conference play, defeating the Lions, keeping pace with the powerhouse programs in the league. And I think, and I've said this openly on the show, I think they're the best team in the Southland. And the way that their schedule shakes up now, they're 8-4 and four in the league. They're game and a half out of first. I don't think they're losing again this regular season. They've got nothing but home games. One, two, three, four, five, six of the last seven are at home. And the road game is against New Orleans, who's in last. I think Nichols is going to win seven in a row coming home. And I think that they're going to win the regular season Southland title. And I think that this year they're going to go to Lake Charles and they're going to win the damn thing. They've got a gear that the teams in the league don't have. Now, do they have lulls? Do they struggle? Are they perfect? No. They lost Incarnate Word, who's not very good. They lost to Lamar, who's not very good. They're more than capable of stubbing their toe. It's not a guarantee. But when they play, if you stack up everybody in the Southlands A-plus game against one another, the guys in red are going to win, and they're going to win by a lot, by 10-plus against anybody in the league. 
And L goes to the LSU women's basketball team. They got their butts kicked against South Carolina. Um, and speaking of Karens, right, I make the comment on social media that the officiating wasn't good, and I don't think it was, and I get <laughs> run down. Oh, officials are so important. The officials weren't why LSU lost the game. That's not at all what I was trying to say on social media. I just thought South Carolina got a friendly whistle. They're better than LSU in every phase, and LSU's got to grow. But here's my thing. Dawn Staley in your Randall Cunningham jersey. LSU's got a young team and the number one recruiting class. You better enjoy your perch at the top right now because the next time you see the Lady Tigers, which may be later in the year, may be next year, the next time you see the Lady Tigers, it might not be the same result. That game reminded me of the SEC championship game with LSU and Georgia, where Georgia was head and shoulders better, but you could just kind of sense that if the teams meet one another down the road, down the line, it ain't going to be as lopsided. And I truly believe the next year if LSU plays Georgia in football, they're going to kick their ass sideways. And I think next year when LSU plays South Carolina in women's basketball, they're going to kick their ass sideways because LSU's on the ascent trying to climb to the top, just not all the, all the way there just yet. Weekend W goes to the WWE. I already told you this at the intro of the show of this segment. Go watch Raw last night. The segment with Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn was incredible. The storyline between Cody and Roman is incredible. The storyline between Sami and Roman is incredible. The applause and the pop and the cheer that Sami Zayn's going to get in Canada on Saturday is going to be through the roof. I can't wait. WWE is on a new level right now. They're doing things that, that are decades worth of, um, or haven't seen anything this good in decades is what I'm trying to say. And they are just surging to new heights right now. And with that having been said, a weekend L goes to Tony Khan because he opens his mouth on the um, oh, uh, Levitard show and says, oh, AEW and WWE is in a real war right now. No, it's not. Your ratings are sinking faster than the Titanic. Their ratings are surging through the roof. It's not a war. It never has been. It never was going to be. Because you're not a legitimate businessman, Tony. You're just a dude who's spending your dad's money. A dude who's, who's getting off on, oh, I'm going to throw this match together. I'm going to throw that match together. Not understanding that people don't watch wrestling purely to see matches. They want to see drama. AEW has never put together solid story in the history of their company. It's more than just throwing together Kurt Angle, and, and Kurt Angle's not an AEW, but I'm just making an example. It's more than just throwing together Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho and saying, oh, that's a dream match. If there's no background behind it, no one cares. And that's the difference between the two companies is that even if Roman and Sammy on Saturday is not a five-star match, there's story and real emotion behind it. And that's the reason why fans give a hoot about WWE and do not give a hoot about AEW. And oh, by the way, since I started this show two Decembers ago, this is exactly what I told you was going to happen. To the T. Exactly what I told you was going to happen. The W goes to Derek Carr of the Raiders. I love the pettiness of not accepting a trade and not helping the Raiders out. And I love the idea that he thinks he's going to get more in the open market. So bet on yourself. I think that's a wonderful thing. Don't know where he's going to end up, but I'm happy for him. And L goes to Tubi. The social, oh, not social, the streaming app drove everybody crazy over the Super Bowl. They, they did a commercial where 
their screen popped up on everybody's television set. And every single family in America was reaching for their remote. Like, what the hell is this? What's going on? Don't know whether or not to give them a WRNL because it was probably the most impactful commercial of the Super Bowl, but it was also the most annoying commercial of the Super Bowl also. So, two, I'll give you like a W and an L. And a W goes to Nichols softball. That's the last one that we'll hand out. Because, look, I called Nichols on opening night on Thursday against New Mexico, and I'm not going to lie to you. I left Colonel Softball Park saying, hey, like, I'm not sure that this is going to be a very good year for Nichols. They got run ruled, didn't play very well. But since that time, they go to Hammond and beat Missouri State. Then they go to LSU and almost win against two teams in the top 25. Like, that's incredible. Now they're going to the Mardi Gras Mambo out in Youngsville. They're going to play a bunch of teams more at their caliber. Garner Webb, St. Thomas, Florida A&M, Toledo, and Manhattan. And I think they're going to roll. I think they're going to roll. They, they're playing well. They're pitching well. They've got some offense. That's a team to look out for, man. I was super proud and super impressed. You go play the number 19 team in the country, Oregon State, and lose 6-3 to three and have chances to win, that's awesome. Then you play LSU later in the day, and you lose 4-3 to three in their park, and it's a one-run game. Like, you're batting in the seventh with a chance to tie or take the lead. That's incredible. That's great work. Even when Nichols had the great teams that they had, the conference championship winning teams that they had a couple years ago, they wouldn't go to LSU and would compete. They would go to LSU and get their brains kicked in. They would get run ruled. So to see that they're playing this well against this level of competition leads you to believe this might be a really good year for them. A really good year for them. And we can't wait to broadcast some of those games on ESPN+. Plus. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. The next one, February 22nd, like, I'm jacked up. I'm fired up about that. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Get some betting picks, then we'll get out of here. Tonight in the NBA, I like over 228.5 for the Warriors and the Clippers. The Warriors don't play any defense. They don't even pretend to play any defense. That one's going to go over. Tonight, I like Portland minus three over the Wizards, and I like the Celtics plus nine over the Milwaukee Bucks. College basketball tonight. Um, Let's see. I'll give you, uh, let's go with over 140 for Duke and Notre Dame. Let's go with Georgia minus four over LSU. LSU's terrible. Let's go Kansas minus one and a half over Oklahoma State. And let's go New Mexico minus 10 over Wyoming. So those are the ones that we'll give you today. Let's wrap up today's show. Thanks for being patient. I know the voice doesn't sound great, but we made it happen. We're going to get better each day. And uh, by the end of the week, hopefully you'll actually be able to understand what I'm saying. It's play-by-play on Kaylee B. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day, y'all. God bless. All new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.